Hi, I'm Jane O'Reilly, and this is Ageless. I'm 40, and my life is just getting started. I'm here to share real talk and real experiences about how to live life ageless. Nothing's off the table. You know the vibes. Let's go. Welcome back to Ageless. I'm Jane O'Reilly, and today I am joined again by Florence Ann Romano. She is a personal growth strategist, author, philanthropist, and businesswoman. She is the vice president of business strategy for Yakety Yak, a full-service content marketing agency. Florence Ann is a proud member of the board of directors at the Children's Research Fund, as well as Female Strong. She is also a founding member of Sesame Street's Leadership Council. After spending more than 15 years as a childcare provider, during which she was known as the Windy City Nanny, Florence Ann is the authority on childcare and family support in this new millennium. And she has had more than 500 media appearances discussing these topics. Born and raised just outside of Chicago, Florence Ann shows us that not only is the saying, it takes a village true, but also how important the need for community is. And her latest book, Build Your Village, A Guide to Finding Joy and Community in Every Stage of Life was released nationwide earlier this year. Florence Ann Romano, welcome back to the show. I'm so happy to be here. You are one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. So I look forward to this on my calendar like you can't believe. Likewise, I was so delighted when I woke up this morning knowing that we were going to be having this conversation. So I feel the same way about you. And I know after we did our last podcast together, we were like, oh my God, we're soul sisters. Yes. Soul sisters to the max. To the max. I feel like we're those people that it doesn't matter how long you go without seeing each other or talking, that it's just a connection that just transcends. So I am so grateful to have met you and I'm so proud of you and everything you're doing. Oh, thank you. Same to you. I mean, the last time you were here, we talked about your book and that's such a major milestone. You know, there's so many people I know that are like, I have a book in me and they haven't gotten it out and you did it. And so that is so huge. And, you know, today we're going to discuss people pleasing, the downside to it and how to overcome it. So let's just start by talking about the importance of understanding and respecting personal boundaries and relationships, because I feel like that's such a huge piece of the puzzle. I I would like to think of myself, not would like to, I am a recovering people pleaser. I probably will be (laughs) my whole life long, Uh, right? I mean, and I think a lot of people are, because let's, let's be honest, you know, you want to be liked. You want to do well. You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. You want to be respectful. You don't want to cause a problem. You know, all of that comes into why perhaps we people please. And all of those reasons make sense. And it's not necessarily bad that you, that's a goal of yours to, to accommodate someone or to be liked or to be accepted. I'm saying the quiet part out loud. There's nothing wrong with wanting those things. We want to be accepted by the people that we love, that we put energy into, that we have relationships with. But the problem is what you just touched on too is the boundaries uh, and respecting those personal boundaries. And I think we've talked about this before and I always laugh because boundaries tends to be a dirty word to people a lot of the time. They're like, oh God, don't say boundaries to me because then they automatically get go on the defense and I'm doing something wrong and now I have to defend myself. And you know, I, people get weird about that word boundaries. But the truth is boundaries are there not just to protect yourself, they're to protect the other person too. 
too. Uh, and this is, I think, a concept, the concept of pers personal boundaries is something that we're exploring more openly as a society, more open as a culture. And I love that. But just like anything, I think this is one of those things that we're also pushing to the extreme because there's also not a clinical understanding of perhaps what it means. We just throw around words sometimes and don't actually apply the appropriate meaning to it. Absolutely. I mean, you got a lot in there. <laughs> you got a lot in there. And you know what? You're right. Boundaries is a dirty word. It was for me for the longest time because mm -hmm. when somebody told me that they had to draw a boundary, I was like, oh, what did I do? And right. like you said, I immediately right. would go on the defense immediately. Right. And I would get in my head and start overthinking all the like all the things, dot, 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 and just try to figure out, okay, what did I do? How did I do it? How could I do it differently? And it was, it was just, no, it's just where this person is at. Right. It's what they need. It's not even exactly. about you. Right. That's exactly it. And I love that what you just said, it's not even about you. It's, and meeting people where they are. That's a big uh, theme in my book is meeting people where they are, not where you want them to be. Um, and overstepping boundaries or having no boundaries, you know, this leads us to a lot of uncomfortable situations. This leads us um, to emotional and mental harm. And in order to protect our peace, in order to uh, initiate and embrace self-care, we need to set those boundaries because when you don't, that's when you can feel walked over all over. That's when you can feel manipulated. Um, and so being aware of this um, it is paramount to our, to our health overall. I agree. And inner peace is the ultimate goal in my life. And I know pretty much anyone uh, probably feels that so way. you've worked so hard at that. You've worked so hard at that. So inner hard. Peace. So and, many different ways. Right. And you know, it, it's like 24 hours a day. I can't expect what I did yesterday to be, you know, the end all be all to have inner peace today. I have to like wake up in the morning and do certain things to try to access it. It's not something that happens for me automatically. But see, that's an important note, I think, for our listeners, too, that the work that we're talking about and even the work that I talk about in my book regarding community and regarding you taking care of yourself and um, uh, in terms of creating those boundaries, it, the work that goes into it cannot be overlooked. It is an active practice. It is an exercise. It is a choice that you are making. And that piece that we talked about before, you know, that inner peace, it's a choice that you're making. Um, you know, in the, in the book, Eat, Pray, Love, uh, there's that when, when I'm going to, now I'm going to think about the movie instead of, of the book now, but when Julie, right. But when Julia Roberts is talking to her, uh, friend, uh, when she's, uh, at the ash, which now, now we can't think ashram, the ashram in India. Um, and she's talking to her friend who's from Texas. And he said, you need to pick your thoughts every day the same way you choose your clothes. And I loved that line the first time I read it, the first time I heard it, right? Isn't that awesome? And, and that is a direct through line in, I think, my life. And I think what we're talking about here, too, in terms of protecting your peace, in terms of creating those boundaries for yourself, you have to actively choose that. And 
Some days you're going to do it better than others. I mean, I, I, there are some days I play the same movie over and over in my head about something I did wrong or something I didn't like, or, and I just, you know, my day is ruined because I just play that movie in my head all day. It just, you know, takes up space and, you know, I lose a whole day, you know, giving energy to that. And instead I have to really work hard sometimes to choose different thoughts or to try to figure out how to move on from that. So we're going down a kind of a different road here, but this is all all under the <laughs> umbrella of people pleasing because it's all can, encompassing, right? It is. It is. I think taking that away from this conversation too, that if we're talking about boundaries and people pleasing, then you have to be willing to put in the work to actually do this work. Yeah. It's a decision. Just like you were saying, it's a choice that you make. It's a decision. And I, I was just reminded the other day when I was doing some of my morning work is that things happen to us and it's a blood, you, it's a blessing and a lesson. And if you yes. look for both of those things, yes. then you can move forward. You can go right. a little bit deeper. And for me, people pleasing, I've done a lot of work on myself and I, I'm in a 12 step program right now. And mm -hmm. in the 12 step program, we look at our character defects. And I would say every single time I do this work, this people pleasing is in my top three character defects. Mm -hmm. So I've been really digging into it because I used to have this victim consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize that I was doing that because mm -hmm. I hate when people act like victims. It like mm -hmm. really, really rubs me the wrong way. But it, mm -hmm. I think it's only because I have it in me too. And that's exactly the way that I act right. when I get on the defensive. Right. And so over the years, and since I've been doing the work on people pleasing, you know, I've looked at, you know, my past as, you know, they say hindsight's 2020 and, you know, we go through what we go through. We can either look at it as a lesson or a blessing. And I, right. I have learned so much in my relationships with people pleasing that, you know, it really impacted my self-esteem mm -hmm. and my confidence mm -hmm. as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, the, I've had some ex-boyfriends in the past where my self-esteem was so low and the people-pleasing mm. was so high and there's mm -hmm. that direct correlation and I don't have to be that person today. Like I learned my lessons. So ah. I just wanted to talk about that is like, how does people-pleasing have that negative impact on self-esteem and personal growth? I'm so glad that you, thank you for being honest about that too, because I think all of us probably listening can think about a relationship or like, oh, you know, even a friendship, it doesn't even have to be romantic where you're like, I definitely let that person walk all over me or it was not reciprocated or I was taken advantage of, manipulated. Um, I had a relationship end a little over a year ago and it's a good thing that it did. There's there's certainly a blessing in, in, in that ending. Um, and I learned an enormous many enormous lessons from that, but like you, an ex-boyfriend that um, was toxic, an ex-boyfriend that did not treat me right, and I allowed it. I allowed for a lot of things because of my own self-worth or self-esteem. And this is one example I'll give out there for all the listeners, you know, that that's definitely, I guess, maybe a more honest thing for me to say out loud. I don't know if I've ever said this on a podcast before, um, but I'm going to say it here because this is a place I would say it. Um, you know, he was a certain way and he had a, he wanted me to be more like him. And we did not see eye to eye on a lot of kind of values or things like that. And um, he made me believe that the way I was, was wrong. 
but the way he was was right. And because I, you know, had I, I, I had love for this person, I cared for this person. I started looking inward and thinking, well, what is really wrong with me? Maybe I am wrong, and how I think of things is wrong. And and then my family started seeing my behavior change, and my friends started seeing my behavior change, and they're like, this isn't you. This isn't authentic to you. This isn't what you subscribe to. This isn't who you are. It wasn't me changing in a good way. And so when the people in your life that know you the best, that are the mirrors in your life, are reflecting back that truth to you, um, I hope we can all pay attention to that and and know that it's coming from the best place in the world. Um, but sometimes it's hard to swallow that in the moment. Um, and that was a huge lesson I learned in that relationship. And I will never allow that to happen again in another relationship, lose myself to it the way I did. Um, and I think a lot of the people pleasing part of me played in to why I was trying to become who he wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. I, that was my relationship that I was talking about. It was a Mm -hmm. really toxic guy. We were both not in the best places of our lives either. So we both weren't very healthy, but I remember there's that deep feeling in your gut where, you know, like it's pushing back on you. Like this isn't right. This isn't right. That little small voice telling you that this isn't right. But when you have another person telling you, you know, like you said, your values aren't aligning or you know, he wants you to be this certain way. And if you're not that way naturally, then you're doing something wrong. And, you know, it just, it really bubbled up the people pleasing for me to a point where it was like, okay, so what am I doing right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I can people please. Right. Mm-hmm. So let me just go all in on that. Mm-hmm. Right. And like you said, the people around you that will tell you the truth. I had, I had a handful of people that were like, had to take a huge step back because I was in this horrible relationship and they just didn't even know me anymore. Like it's just so wild and I will never allow it again. Just like you, I will never, I learned my lessons. It was a hard time, but it's in my past. And all I can do is hopefully help somebody else by talking about it, you know? Yes. And that's, you know, what they say, your mess is your message sort of thing. And I, and I love that. Right. You know, and, and it's true. I mean, that's one thing I would say about, I think, our culture today that I really appreciate is more authenticity, more transparency. People are allowing you to see more of the nooks and crannies or the ickiness of their life um, because, you know, we're all on social media. We see it, for you know, and, and compare ourselves subconsciously to what we're seeing. And we wonder why we wake up sometimes the next day feeling so depleted and horrible about ourselves or our lives. And it's because we're doing this comparison in so many ways from the environmental things that we're surrounding ourselves with. And so again, you know, choosing your thoughts, the way you choose your clothes, the, you know, choosing the content that we digest, like your podcast is a great example of something positive you can do for yourself. That's going to help you evolve and work on yourself and self-awareness and all things like that. But, you know, there's also a lot of garbage out there that people are digesting. And you wonder again, why you're waking up with that kind of icky feeling in your stomach. So you have to be careful about energetically how you are surrounding yourself with whom you are surrounding yourself. Um, Because it all, it all plays into exactly what we're talking about here. 
it's almost like a doctor diagnosing a problem. We're talking about the diagnosis, like where is it starting from? And then being able to come up with the, the treatment plan for it. So diagnosing the people pleasing and then how do, how do I correct this? 100%. How do I correct this? I think that you nailed it on the head when you said authenticity. Mm-hmm. I'd love to dive into that a little bit more. You know, how does it even play a genuine role in your connections with other people? When you're connecting with someone for whatever reason that you are, again, you're dating, it's friendship, you know, I, you know, it's funny. I was out with the girlfriends yesterday for a mutual friend's birthday, and we were all talking about how we came into contact, like how we all became friends and it, it, you know, timing of life and, you know, geography and all of those things. But then we looked at each other and thought, gosh, I can't imagine like, I can't even really think about a time not knowing you now. Like, you know, and that's such a wonderful, warm, fuzzy feeling to have. Um, but the reasons we are friends are, you know, those those are all different reasons than perhaps other relationships I've had in the past, different friendships I've had in the past. And the reason those relationships work are because the values align, because we as people align. And maybe we're not exactly the same, and that would be boring. I don't want to be exactly the same as all of my friends, but certainly the similarities are there that that keep us bonded. Um, but I need to learn from my friends. I need to be challenged by my friends. These are things that I know that are important to me, and all of my friends do that for me in a different way. But the people-pleasing, where this tends to become a problem in terms of connection and relationships, is if you're presenting yourself a certain way to try to fit in with a certain group, then that's not going to be authentically you. And you may not be attracting the right type of people because you're putting on this mask or this facade to do what you think is going to get you the acceptance or is going to get you entry into whatever social circle that is. So you need to, again, be very careful with how you are presenting yourself in situations where you're looking for connection, because if you're not leading with an authentic, your authentic self, then you're going to find yourself befriending people that eventually could hurt you, manipulate you, betray you. Uh, and maybe not anything as, as, as extreme as that, or just doesn't jive with you, doesn't align with you. And you're wondering why this doesn't feel quite right. So don't, don't start this on the wrong foot, the, the connection with people and friendships, because cleaning up that mess later can be really hurtful and difficult and messy. So really try. And again, I talk about this in my book too, really try to be very intentional about who you are and honest about that and putting yourself in scenarios with people that you have a better chance of connecting with in that authentic way. I was just having a conversation this morning with somebody about wearing masks, like the masks that we wear. And yes, I feel like, like that's almost a form of people pleasing because yes. you want somebody to perceive a certain thing about you, but you're also manipulating as you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, you just reminded me of that conversation as you were talking and yeah, it's just building those genuine connections would be really hard to do if you're wearing a mask. Exactly. And you have to also remember that, um, not everybody is for you and you're not going to be for everybody and it's okay. 
it, it's really okay if not everybody likes you. And I should be looking in a mirror when I say this because I have a very <laughs> hard time not being liked by people. Um, Me too. Right? I mean, we are so the same. So the same. It's very, like, I'm saying it to you, but I'm like, oh, Florence Ann, you need to work on this. But that's an important thing, you know, for everyone listening. You know, we're sitting here having this conversation and yes, we've gone through a lot of different things in life and we feel that we're able to maybe be able to share that so we can help people navigate this. But it doesn't mean that we're perfect at anything that we're talking about. I, you know, I may have written this book about village building and connection and all these different things, but I still work at all of this stuff every single day. I am not exempt from this work just because I wrote a book about it. I have to walk the walk and talk the talk. I have to do all of that. So, you know, please don't sit there and think that any podcast you listen to or even us talking now that we know better. And, and, and it's just that we have done so many different things and, you know, trial and error and trial and error and, and you've fallen down and gotten back enough that we can say, you know what, there's so much experience here. Let's talk about it. Let's share it. But let's continue learning because we're supposed to always be the student. So, you know, understanding that is is a very important part of this growth. Yeah, I don't hold any doctorate in healing at all. I, it really is an evolving process. Yeah. And I always say, I always want to be a spiritual student, always, yeah. forevermore, yeah. no matter how much work I've done on myself, because it's trial and error, as you said. Like, yeah. I've done a lot of things that didn't work, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to talk about those. Mm-hmm. And I had convinced myself that it was working, but in reality, like I wasn't changing. I wasn't growing. I was staying the same. So it's like, get off that train and get on a different train that might be better for the channel that you're, you're working through right now. And I know for me right now, I'm really digging deep into, um, my childhood because Mm -hmm. even though I had, I had a great upbringing, I had a great family, I had great brothers, I had, you know, great parents, Um, but there were certain things about my life growing up that I like recoiled so Mm -hmm. hard from, Mm -hmm. and it really affected me from like, even before the age of 10. Um, and then I like harbored all these resentments throughout my life. And, Mm -hmm. um, those are the things I'm taking a look at now. And it's really boosted my confidence Mm -hmm. in a strange way. Just acknowledging things Mm -hmm. will really help you feel more like your authentic self will really Mm -hmm. help you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm being honest with myself right now. I think I can be honest with other people right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. This is going to help with communication. And that was my next question to you is, you know, honest communication. What Mm -hmm. are the benefits and what, like, what's the positive impact of open and honest communication? Expressing your needs uh, and actively listening uh, to other perspectives, this is going to foster that trust. It's going to foster that understanding and and the bond. But the the portion of this I want to concentrate on is the other perspectives part. And so in my book that we talked about, Build Your Village, I have six archetypes of villagers. and, And the first one is the accepting villager in terms of like casting the people in your life. And I define the accepting villager as the one that's non-judgmental, the one that you're going to confess your secrets to do, the one you can confide in. Um, And it's a pretty important role, I would say, and always my favorite one to cast first. Um, 
We live in a world today where I think seeing other perspectives is becoming more and more the exception and not the rule. Uh, we don't live in a world anymore where you can agree to disagree. I, and I think there's also a lot of ego attached to communication. A lot of us are talking and we're not listening. A lot of us are talking because we think that we're, our opinion is so important and so right. And we are so important that we can't possibly learn anything from anyone else. And we can't possibly see another side of a conversation that we're having on maybe something we disagree with. And so this ego attached to the communication, it's not talked about as much, but I feel like we have to talk about it because if you're not communicating effectively, then this is where you're probably getting into trouble in many different places in your life because generally communication, open and honest communication is the cornerstone for all relationships. I agree. I, I When you were talking, I was thinking about, <laughs> I was listening to you, but what you were really saying perfect? made me think of, <laughs> I believe, no, you well, have it to made listen, me think of, so funny. Sorry. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I no, yeah. that was hilarious. That is um, so I have been in situations where people are like talking at me. Yes. And it yeah. reminds me of the times that I've been in the car driving down the street and it, five minutes later I get somewhere and I have no idea how I got there ah! because I, my brain was on overdrive and I'm like, okay, that was scary. And it's the same thing when people are talking at me. Right. I Yes. I just disengage and right. I go somewhere else in my brain, but right. I'm also really, really working on staying present in the conversation, whether someone's talking at me or not, because there is going to be something I'm supposed to be in the conversation and I'm supposed to hear whatever that person is saying. Mm -hmm. And to have effective communication, mm -hmm. you have to engage. You have to be your honest self. And I have found in the past that I struggled in communication because I am an overthinker. And so I can think and listen at the same time, but I'll miss like mm -hmm. the whole point. <sighs> and then I have a hard time responding. So, yeah. you know, that's been another thing I've been working on, but you're so right about the needs for honest and open communication, um, just and to have that authenticity. Right. Exactly. And, and the active listening portion of it, like you, like you said, we have to be, when you're engaging a conversation like you and I are having now, uh, it would be ridiculous if we thought that we wouldn't be thinking about what we're going to respond with as you and I are having this conversation. That's natural for any person in any conversation. When you're participating in something, you're like, oh, that's interesting. You know what? I have something relatable there and I'm going to mention that next probably. This is just naturally how people communicate. There's a difference between doing that and only thinking about what you're going to respond with and not paying attention to what the person is saying and also being closed-minded about whatever they say. You've made your mind up already. I've already made my mind up about this topic. And no matter what you say to me right now, I don't care because my opinion is right. That I think is the deeper reason ah! people are happy. Sorry. <laughs> And she wanted to chime she in. She agrees. She agrees with this. She season. agrees. Monroe she agrees with what you're saying. See? And so I, I think that's more so what it is. Not having an open mind during the conversation, even if it's not contentious, you know, you still want to be able to allow yourself to go different places emotionally, to be able to engage with that person. 
I wholeheartedly agree. And I feel like for the listener, we have put so much on the table. <laughs> I know, and fire hose. Oh my gosh, I know. Oh my God. But I love it. There's just been so much value added to this podcast. But if I had to bring it back a little bit, mm-hmm. what would you suggest for somebody who doesn't even know they people please, mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. even know, but have yeah. felt the effects of something not going right? Like, what would you suggest be the first step to healing it? Well, two things I would say. Um, start practicing saying no. <laughs> that was some that's that's where I started probably my work with this was saying no. And you can say what you mean and not say it mean. We talk about that all the time. You can say no and not say it in an aggressive way. You know, but maybe you're not going to say yes to going out six nights a week because you are completely exhausted and you're just you're going to pick and choose where you're going to give your energy. Start saying no in a kind way and know that you're allowed to do that. Know that you deserve that Um, and it's okay. Give yourself that permission. The other thing is also too pausing before you respond. This is something I still work on all the time, just like saying no. I tend to want to give my reflexes to respond right away, even to a text message, an email, anything. I don't like to keep people waiting. And I feel that it's almost a sign of disrespect if I do. And even if I'm talking to someone, if I'm not sure how I want to handle it or what I want to do, I have a hard time saying, can I get back to you? And this is become part of my language. And so I've found ways in my life to compromise with myself because that's what this is. So if I want to respond to something right away, but I'm not sure yet what I want to say, but I want them to know I care in an email, a text message, I will respond back and say, I'm confirming receipt of this message. Thank you so much. I'm going to circle back. They know I have my eyes on it. They know I'm going to talk to them later. I'm going to get back to them just so they know they feel valued and that I care, but I'm not ready to make a decision yet. Um, And then when it comes to pausing uh, before I I respond to something, um, again, I try to find the language that is going to feel good for me. When I'm going to go to sleep at night, I'm going to look back on how I handled that and go, you know what? Okay, yeah, proud of yourself. You did a good job there. Um, you didn't disrespect that person. You left it in a good place or what? however I'm going to rationalize it to myself. But try thinking about that in, in, your, in your quiet time. What is a language that's going to work for you in order to get your point across? Respect your boundaries, but also start practicing um, this now what is going to be a new exercise for you of overcoming the people-pleasing. I think you nailed it when you said the language, like it truly is the language of your emotional state of your heart, the words that you use body language. Like Mm -hmm. there's so many different languages we can use to communicate what we need. But I really think that in that pause, you'll Mm -hmm. get your answer. Yes. And I just like you, I, if I see a message, even if I am like, I've got a million things going on, I could be in the middle of my store. Like there's just so many different things and somebody will text me and it's not even that important. And I feel like I have to respond right away because if I don't, they'll be mad at me. (laughs) But I love what you said. I confirm receipt. I'll circle back with you. I need to, I'm going to start using that like as of today. 
I love it. I love it. And you can use your, you know, if that's too formal, I use that in mostly like, like business emails. If it's like to a friend or something, I'll be like, you know, uh, you know, so good to hear from you. This was, you know, this was, you got it, you know, whatever it is, you know, whatever, however you want to say it, say it that way. But, you know, again, for everyone out there, customize it to your language, your energy, how you, you know, that it, it, it's, but it's there. The essence of it is there. Yeah. I just think we're, we live in a world that is so fast mm-hmm. that I feel like we've almost evolved into this need to have to respond right away right. or get offended when somebody takes their time in responding. Yes. You know, it's, I know. It's, someone else might've had, you know, X, Y, and Z going on and they weren't available for eight hours and they actually didn't see your text message. It's okay. They're not avoiding you. Don't make it into anything that it doesn't need to be. It's true. It's instant gratification in our world. You know, one thing I think about, and I don't know if this will be helpful to people, but it helps me sometimes. I love to observe people. And I know you're the same way too. I love to watch people. I, you know, I could sit in a restaurant all day and just like watch people anywhere. And sometimes I'll sit there and wonder like about that person's life. I'll see what they're up to or, you know, they're on their computer or they're talking to someone or just observing people as they're moving through life. And I'll think to themselves, oh, what an interesting day that they're having. This is what they're doing. This is what's taking their attention. And then I'll think to myself as I'm not getting a response from something or someone or whatever it is, all the different scenarios that could be going on, I'm not going down the rabbit hole thinking what they are, but it's in my brain somewhere where I think, you know what, there's an example of busy. There's an example of busy, another example of busy there, you know, and you're looking at it around. There are so many reasons that people's time is taken up and attention is distracted. Look at a mother who's trying to enjoy lunch with her girlfriends, but is trying to wrangle two of her kids. And she's trying to sit there and be present, but also trying to deal with her children. And, you know, her phone is not out there and she's maybe not going to be on it for the next hour or two. And she's not ignoring you. It doesn't mean that you're not important to her, but her attention is going a million different ways. So just, I'm trying to give people an example of like what a real slice of life looks like. Think about what's going on behind the person that you're messaging right now. They have a whole life that's attached to their phone, you know, you know, so, you know, I don't know if that visual helps people, but sometimes it helps me. No, that totally helped me. I was visualizing the mom and her kids. And even though I don't have children of my own, like I know what it looks like. You and sure do. It looks it like a lot of work. It is. <laughs> it's a lot. Of, I mean, I was watching my girlfriend do it yesterday at lunch. She was shoveling, shoving a salad in her mouth while I hold held one of her babies. The one child was like taking her clothes off. You know, the other friends were like talking about this and that. <laughs> I mean, like we were having the best time. It was like such a slice of life, like I said. But think about that mom, you know? I mean, like think about her in that moment who's trying to do a million different things and also be there present for her friend who's celebrating her birthday. I mean, at, I mean, just, we got to give people grace. We talk about that a lot, you know, too, when we've had conversations, just give people grace. We need, we need that more than anything, kindness and love and grace. Especially tis the season. Tis it's the that season. time of year again. That's right. And I feel like this is the time to really extend an immense amount yes. of grace to everyone you see. And I feel like love everyone understands the language of love and it's not that hard to go to that place. I mean, it's our natural state. 
Well, I have just enjoyed this conversation with you, Florence, and I knew it was going to be just fabulous as you are. So thank you again for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate all the value you always add to every single time we talk. Thank you, my friend. Adore you. Adore you. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Ageless. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Tune in next week for a new episode.